0: Fadeaways and Fundamentals, I am your host, Andre Perano. Today's guest, Coach Sparks, is here. We talking hoops, life, let's dive right in with Sparks. So Christopher Sparks, welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals, bro. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Coach, I've made it.
1: I've made it. Thanks for having me.
0: No, no, no. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So I need to know what's going on with Sparks basketball in general because you got a lot of different things going between all the way from the young kids to the AAU to the pro level. you got multiple sports going on. Man, you're like thick in it, bro. What's going on?
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. We we started off just trying to uh, share learned and man it's unbelievable how much you know our trainers and our coaches and and i have learned from these kids and these families it's what what a what a fun experience it's been so we do training and programming from three-year-olds through nba players like you mentioned and it's just it's so much fun we love it
0: man that's i mean that just sounds amazing i mean you kind of sound like my boy jordan Lolly boy died.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, well, he's he has he has revolutionized uh, what training is and, and how, you know, how to connect with kids at a high level. Um, and, and he's done it because he really cares. And I know you have an incredible relationship with him and, and your son does as well. And and, and that's why it works. Right. Um, so it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you, you might have him beat on the hair, though.
1: I don't know. Don't tell him that. His that that Dan cuts look is is pretty slick. You so. your
0: guys got. I mean, yeah. you got more yeah. of the gel look. He's got more yeah. of that um, yeah. fiber look, where there's like it looks like there's nothing in there. But you, you both got the uh, the hair on point, man. It's uh, well, Jordan, yeah.
1: Jordan is definitely the trendy one. There's no question about it. There's no question <laughs> no <problem> about it. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. I, I'm gonna call myself the old one. I'm the old man of the group. I I would have You
1: said it. I didn't. But it, we'll just call. I'll call you the wise one. You know. There you
0: go. It, uh, it's it's kind of yeah. funny. You know, being in a gym, I I've never, you know, fathom myself being this older gentleman in the in the group. Sure. And being with obviously one of my. I mean, the the guy could be my son. Uh, Ryan rizuki love the kid he's phenomenal at what he does I, I I love his demeanor I love his passion I love everything about the kid but I go I get in with him and I'm like damn I'm really young and then I get in with Jordan and Jordan is I think he just turned 31 and I'm just like oh man I'm the old guy in the gym I'm really the old man I'm 40 I'm old brother but but you're
1: you're young at heart there's no question about that
0: Oh, no, I got, I, I, uh, I'm probably the loudest one in there. There's definitely my, my voice carries. I, I do come with a lot of energy. Um, but I, you know what? I, I think that that comes with just one, uh, you know, uh, my wife, she's a chef, so I, I eat pretty clean. I, I eat really clean actually between most people, um, but then I I wake up I, I work out re- religiously six days a week, um, so by the time I I I come there it's like my second win so it's like I'm I just get giddy I don't know it's it's weird when I get in a basketball gym man it's just it's really really weird how giddy I get I get like a I get like a twelve year old kid it's it's funny.
1: <laughs> well I'll tell you what your your habits are are such a great example for your son and your family and the people that you connect with, whether it's who you coach or, you know, myself. Such a great example. and uh, But but it's amazing how much more energy you have going into the things that you're, you're passionate about as well, right? So oh, it's
0: pretty cool. Absolutely. I mean, if, if I could do what you and Jordan do 10 hours a day, I, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. I mean, I have, I have, a, I have a beautiful blessed nine to five job i really do i mean there's not many people that work at a beach especially one of the beaches that are probably one of the top three beaches in the nation which i get to work at every single day um you know four to five days a week but i don't know i mean even though how beautiful it is whether it's looking at the ocean and you got whales jumping out you got uh dolphins surfing the waves you got nothing but bikinis in front of you that are younger than you um it's just different when you get in a basketball gym i'm a gym rat and i just there's something that if i can be behind four walls every day and hear the net swish and hear that ball make its own beat it's literally a blessing it's like hearing a new rap song every day It's great. (laughs) That's
1: awesome, man. That's awesome. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. Um, One thing I wanted to get into with you, um, which I thought was really cool, is that you was an assistant coach for the Costa Rican um, men's basketball national team. How was that?
1: That was incredible. One of the great learning experiences in my life. It came at the perfect time. I was currently coaching at Ohio State for the men's program there as the recruiting and operations coordinator. And I had an opportunity to to dive in and, uh, you know, coach at the, you know, kind of preparation for the FIBA World Championships. When I got the call, I didn't know that Costa Rica had a national team, to be quite frank with you. And then when I got down there, there were – Guys that were old, I mean, old dudes coming together to try to put something together one last time. And it was an incredible experience where guys were just hungry. They were sick of, you know, losing and they would do anything to win. And it was such a unique experience um, to, to, to be around guys that were there was no ego. It was. Just tell us what we have to do. We want to win. We want to do things that have never been done before. And I was with an incredible staff, uh, Josh Erickson, who was a head coach, and Paul Weir, who right after that experience got the head job at New Mexico State and then had, is currently at New Mexico as the head coach. So our staff was special, and the, and the players and the relationships that we were able to build with those guys through doing things that they'd never done before whether it was wins or experiences it was all of which were were amazing and then I ended up you know getting engaged down there my my wife who was my girlfriend at the time uh was in Ohio which is where I had met her and she came down for the last stint and we we got away and we got engaged and here I am on this beautiful island with all this great experience, um, you know, under my belt. And and then I've got the love of my life that, I'm, that I get to take home and, and build a life with. So a lot of amazing memories for, for me and my family.
0: Wow, man. I mean, that just sounds amazing. When when I read that, I was like, wow, he was part of a national team. That's just, that's like bucket list stuff, you know? I mean, that's just... No doubt. That's no doubt. cool. I mean... I mean, and you touched on your Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State is, I mean, they're great. You know, they've been, I mean, everybody knows them as football, but they've also been really, really good in the NCAA. Um, how, was, how was working there?
1: It was a treat. I mean, when you deal with arguably the top athletic department in, in the country, you deal with people that are high-level. They're high-level thinkers, communicators. They're competitors. They're achievers, and, and they're people that you grow by osmosis, just by being around it. So, Coach Dad Mata is was the is and will be the winningest coach in Ohio State history. And you know, what he did in postseason play is is second to none in the Big Ten. And then, you know, obviously what he did with you know, a number of his groups. Uh, in postseason playing the NCAA tournament was just special. But he, in, most importantly, he was one of the greatest men I've ever known. And so, to be able to work for a guy that you truly respect for what he does, you know, and how he does it, and, and then he treats you well, you're just you're, you're smitten by the whole experience. And, and and I just so happened to meet my future wife there in Ohio. So. When I was there, we were—I I was so spoiled. There were, the coaching staff was loaded. All these guys have, have incredible careers prior to and, and post uh, my time there with them. And then, you know, the players there were just remarkable—from the Aaron Kraft to Sam Thompson, Amir Williams, Shannon Scott to you know the, the D'Angelo Russells and the Cade Bates Diops and and these guys that have gone on and done some incredible things, you know, post Ohio State, you know, basketball careers and then the managers and the the walk-ons that have done just incredible things you know in life. And so I love the experience and I wouldn't trade it for anything and and I've learned so much from being there.
0: Man, that's great. That's really yeah. really great. Um you know, let let's reverse back to your playing days. Like what, what i mean what who, first of all who influenced you in basketball for one like for me it was my father and you know man this guy you know if, if he gave he if you know if you if if i could say one thing he gave me basketball and it was a blessing you know it really really was um and uh so who influenced you for one and how where did you play at at a high level?
1: Yeah. So I have a twin. So my twin was the one who challenged me every day. Um, And so I was very fortunate to have that constant competition, whether it was in the backyard or in practice and, and someone that knew me, knew my game. And then I had a dad and a mom who loved me. And so, you know, when you're looking to fall in love with different sports or activities or passions, I had parents that loved me and supported me and kind of whatever it whatever it was that I did. So they didn't push me towards, they encouraged me to enjoy whatever it was I was doing. Now, if I was going to do it, I was going to try as hard as I could and there were no excuses. And so with that said, I were, I played for some amazing coaches. Like that was something that played a huge role in my development as a player from travel as a, as a young, as a young buck to high school, I played for a really demanding coach and then, you know, he left and then a new coach came in and he wasn't nearly as demanding, but was as empathetic and as players coach of a person that I've ever played for. And then I played in college at St. Ambrose university And that was an NAI Division II school, which was absolutely the perfect fit for me. And that was my level. And, you know, being a part of a Final Four program there, Sweet 16 and conference championships and tournament championships, it was a great place for me to learn how to win every day. I was challenged because I wasn't the best player. You know, I played with multiple All-Americans while I was there. So being a great facilitator and a great teammate and being, you know, the, the person that could challenge those guys every day was important. And and then, you know, also being opportunistic when I did have my opportunities was important. And I think those those carry over into life. But let's face it, the most influential person in my basketball career, I grew up in the Jordan era in Chicago. It was like I mean Jordan was was it. So I yeah. actually watched all of that in like live. Like it was happening every night it was Jordan hysteria, which was pretty
0: cool. Yeah. No, I feel you, bro. I mean, I grew up in the Jordan era era, and for me, it was, it was all, it was all MJ. It was, it was MJ in Barkley. I mean, that was it. That was, it was a rap. It was like, there's nobody else, (laughs) you know? Uh, no, I, I get it, man. I, I really do. Um, you know, I I had a brother. I have actually three brothers, and um, they all pushed me. My closest brother is like probably just under two years older than me, and same thing. He just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me, and I just I could never beat the kid. He was he just he had a heart of three lions, uh. and. Whether I had – and it's funny because I get teary-eyed about it, but he had so much heart but yet not enough skill that he would just always beat me and I would just always get mad, always. And, you know, he got he got to play NINA just like you did um, because that was his level. He just was not as skilled as I was in raw talent. I just had so much raw talent from what my mom and my older brothers and my, my brother that played told me. But, I mean, I, I was that kid that was hindered by injuries. I had mm. two back surgeries by 21, my first one at 18. Um, oh. But being able to watch him play on a high level was was like almost like me playing. Mm. So That's so uh, special, Coach. Yeah, it was it was amazing it, it really was and what's funny is I remember him coming back I think I had just got out of surgery I probably it was a year out I might have been 19 um uh sorry I mean sorry that I got choked up but I was 19 him and I were playing in the in the front yard and I remember my two oldest brothers watching and I beat him. Like, truly beat him one-on-one, like, for, like, my first time ever. And I remember, like, it was jaw I mean, just jaws, just everybody's talking mess. We're going back and forth. Elbows are being thrown. But I remember when I beat him, the look on his yeah I mean, he lunged at me like he was ready to kill me. Like, he could <laughs> not believe I beat him after even having a back surgery and
1: that's unbelievable and i and i when i
0: knew that i could play at his level um and then about a month later he took me up to his school i i went there for a month hung out with him uh played pickup ball you know his coach saw me play and was like you need to come play here at cal maritime um up in vallejo up in the bay area and i just couldn't do it i was just like I can't, you know, my, my back's not the way it is. It's still messed up and it was messed up within six months. I was on the operating table again, you know, oh. at, you know, right, right before mid 20. I was just like, it wasn't for me. And that's okay. You know, coaching's for me and, and, you know, I, I love coaching. Um, what, what was the biggest advice you ever got from a coach? Uh,
1: I think the Greatest advice I ever received reflected life from my college coach, who was also the acting athletic director. He's got something like 600-plus wins, and and he's just such a great person and mentor. But when I was playing for him, he's tough. Now, what he would always say was, it's how quickly and positively you respond. Now, that, that's huge in basketball. Absolutely. Right? The game is it's constant. So you make a turnover, get back, keep it in front, You know, communicate and do that deal. You miss a shot, it's how quickly and positive you respond defensively and vice versa. Now, here's the deal. It's amazing how that parallels life. Yes. How many times has someone cut you off in the car? Uh, how many times have you stubbed your toe? How many times have you made a mistake and you let it bury you for the day, not the next 10 minutes, the day.
0: And Don't you're stuck it.
1: on it because you care, right? Nothing wrong with that. But but ultimately, how quickly and positively you, can you respond when, when something like that happens? So when I was in college, I was so influenced by this coach. He shared that with us, and he shared it probably more often than, than a lot of guys were open to, to hearing it but when he shared it for the next honest to goodness 3 months i used that and i would say it out loud every day so when something would happen i go it's how quickly and positively you respond brother and it was amazing how my life changed to this really positive life And I I was, I'm a grinder. I'm, I'm like you in that way where like I'm, I'm positive and those things, but I, I, I compete. And so sometimes that grind, you know, buries you a little bit and you're so focused on, you know, those little things that they bury you. So this kind of pulled me out and allowed me to see things from a different perspective. So that's the greatest piece of advice I've received. And it's amazing how much I still use it today.
0: Wow. That's that's deep, man. That, that's How about you? How about you? Uh, you know, um well, I think my biggest influencer was I would have to say it was my father. Yeah. Um you know, the guy was like my best friend. Yeah. Um you know, he's gone now. He he died very young. Um but he he played the game at a high level. He he played college. He tried out for the Clippers back in the 70s he didn't make uh-huh. it um but he used to tell me and my brothers that if you're in you're all in mm. you got you got to you got to strive to be the best mm. you're going to you're going to fail your way to the top that's what he used to tell me you're going to fail so much that you're going to become great mm. and to me that was that was deep because yeah. you know he, he used to tell me I don't care about wins and losses you know, I, I care about you uh, competing every day. Every game I watch, I want to see you competing, and I want to see you growing. So you're going to fail your way to the top. So that, to me, was was big. And, you know, if I had a bad game, you know, uh, he would just tell me, all right, you you know, it's a Friday night, you had a bad game, but, hey, guess what? The gym's still open. Mm. Our gym is still open, which was my house. Yeah. So I go outside and I shoot between five and seven hundred shots, and by the time I was a junior, I was probably shooting eight to nine hundred or even a thousand shots. And so uh, that was deep, and that hit home. You're gonna fell your way to the top. That's what he used to tell me. Wow, I love that. Yeah, I I, I really I really enjoyed him uh, telling us that. Um, he, you know, he he said that that's what he used to do. He just if you're going to play something or you're going to do something, what, whether you were in marketing or construction or whatever you were going to do in life, strive to be the best. And it's okay to fail. And you're going to fail, 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 but you're going to fail to the top. And, and that that hit home. I don't know why. And and I talked to my brothers, especially my brother that played a high-level basketball. He says the same thing that uh, that our dad taught us. Uh, to be the best, to try to strive to be at least that. So, I mean, I think that that hit home, um, you know, and and that's that's my thing. It's really cool. Thanks. Thanks
1: for sharing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, you know, with basketball, especially me playing, I I played high-level high school. I didn't get to play college. Um, But I made some great bonds. I mean, I have bonds that, Go from junior high and high school, and I still talk to these guys today. Do do you have those bonds? I think that says a lot about you.
1: I, I think that says a lot about you know the type of person and teammate that, that you were. Um, and, and you know, kudos to you on that. that Thank that's, you. That's, that's a lifetime you know of relationships right there. And, you know, I think I think the, the greatest relationships that I have. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate because I, I played my twin through high school and then you know college i built up some great relationships with with some guys i still am very connected with today and, and then you know when i played i played for the washington generals against the harlem globetrotters yeah i'm Union. gonna so, ask
0: about that but you brought yeah, it up
1: yes yeah it's usually you know a topic that's brought up but you know i think one of the things the reason i wanted to bring it up was in this case because you were basically like you were on tour, so <clears throat> we played in 36 countries and 48 states in two years. Played for the troops overseas, played for prime ministers, presidents, and and played in these NBA arenas. That, to be quite frank, probably wasn't where I was meant to be playing, uh, just based on my my ability and, and things like that. So. My point is, is we were we played 121 games in 118 days on a U.S. tour in four months. Okay, 121 games in 118 days. That means you're going, you know, you're going to Staples Center. You're going to play two. You're going to Sacramento. You're going to play two, and you know, you go to Santa Rosa Community College or whatever it is. You're going to play one there, all right? But you're you're traveling around and you're doing it with your teammates. And the relationships that you have, the potential to build um, those 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 bonds that you have the potential to, to to connect. It's just there's nothing like it. You're on a tour bus. You're on. Uh, you're in a hotel. You're in a gym, and you're with each other all day, all year round in these incredible places. Like like you said, bucket list opportunity places we're playing in front of a, a sellout crowd in Barcelona, Spain, where the dream team won, right? And that's kind of like our era. We remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah. And and you're you're in a sellout in that arena, which is the largest largest arena in, in southern Europe. And you're looking at your boys and you go, This is un- like this is unbelievable. Now, if you're with guys you don't like it doesn't mean as much. It just doesn't. It's like when you do something on your own, it just doesn't mean as much. That's why those experiences created incredible bonds and relationships for me with guys that were in my wedding. I've been in their wedding. Uh, You know, we all have, we have a group chat and whether it's globetrotters, uh, generals, we all are so connected and we still talk to this day. So those were the greatest friends from my basketball experiences outside of my twin
0: that I've ever had. Man, that's cool. That that no, I mean that that's deep right there in itself. I mean, like for me, I have four or five guys from junior high. They all went to different high schools. We played on the same junior high team. They got to play. And I loved got I love getting in their asses when we got to play them in <laughs> high school. I used to love lighting them up. I that. And, and then my friends in high school, man, and I was not the best player on my team. I had I played for a high-level team, especially two years of them. And those guys that were better than me, and I knew they were better than me, the, the things of talking to them, some of them, they're, they're college refs, high school coaches. I mean, just to be able to talk to them and talk hoops and what we did versus what they're doing now, man, the best. The best conversations, you know, it's just, it's so much fun. And that's what basketball is about. It's about about bringing people together and and creating a bond that no one ever can break. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you
0: more. I love that. Now, like with that, you know, like playing, like before a game, what got you hyped? What music did you listen to? Because I'm a big music guy. And maybe yeah. that's because my brother was a DJ. My oldest oldest brother, really? he's a DJ. Yeah, he traveled all around the world. Yeah. he DJed for all kinds of people. And uh, for me, I listen to all genres of music. I listen to sure. it all. But I'm the hugest hip hop junkie because of him. Um, but what did you listen to? You know, it's funny. Uh,
1: you probably wouldn't guess it. <laughs> but when I okay so. In high school, DMX came out and everybody was like, "Oh, this this is the dude." So he was great for hype music before in the locker room, and then like 50 Cent was big. Right. But I was not like a get super hype before a game. I was more of a mellow out because when I went out because I had to have the juice. So when I was out there, I was an energy guy. I was a uh, <clears throat> I was an effort guy. Uh-huh. So. I was more of a mellow out, like I, I was like Brian McKnight, Joe, you know R and B, little yeah, a lot of R and B for me, you know that that was kind of my thing, and to this day, I'm a huge R and B guy.
0: Me too. Um, I love so, R and B.
1: Really? Yes, because really? Yes. it no it kidding. goes hand okay. in hand with
0: hip hop. I love it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I love I love R and B, and it's who I you know it's it's a part of me. <laughs>
0: That's cool. That's 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 slick, man. People don't know about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big R and B guy too, you know. Um it's funny because when I listen to R and B, that's more of like like calming down. No you doubt. Know? I could probably shoot with R and B. Like if R and B was playing, you know, um whether it was mid nineties, now, I I could shoot with that. But, like, in order to get in a game and get game mode and, like, how I am, like, I just, yeah. I get very yeah. hyper, man. I, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I get, like, other other levels. I got to listen to crazy hip-hop. Like, and it's more like, and even though I'm from the West Coast, like, you know, you got to listen to that Daz, Dillinger, Corrupt, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre yeah. kind of in Tupac. But, no, man, my brother got me back into, like, Big L, Tribe Call Quest, like...
1: Okay, Tribe Call Quest. You can stop there. That's good stuff. That's, yeah. That's good stuff. Karis I've never one. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I, I was all about that. You know, that movement. So, that's yes. cool. I mean, and for me, it got me hyped because I was a major defensive player. Like, I was sure. a locked down defender and then yeah. I'll hit the three on you. Like, I let all my friends do all their things, but if they kicked it out to me, I'm going to hit the three on you, but i definitely was the defensive threat i was the defensive general on the team i was the guy that was pushing other guys into other into their offensive player like go get your man why are you so lazy like (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it yeah i'm crazy man it's nuts you're the
1: guy you're the guy that every teammate wants to play with but they don't want to play against you're that guy
0: yeah, maybe I don't. I play, don't even here, really here's, know. Here's the
1: deal. If I'm playing against you, I don't want to face you because you're a nightmare. You're playing defense. Uh, you know, ninety feet.
0: Right? Ninety four. I was playing, I was ninety four feet. Okay, ninety four. Okay. I was yeah. that coach would tell me, get him now at, get him now. I was. I was ninety four feet. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, don't let him. You know, don't let him breathe. And then, so so I don't want to play again. You know, like how many guys check into a game and and all of a sudden you're. You know, you're straddling them. Nobody wants that. But you're the guy that I want to play with because I know you're going to take care of yours. Right? Um, and if I'm in trouble, it's a kick three for you. So I love that.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot, man, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And, and it, it's crazy because, you know, fitness was a big part of my life even in high school. Man, I used to go run five miles, four miles. I would go run hills, hills for days jump rope for days pull-ups push-ups i mean i did all that i mean now i mean i'm 40 years old i'm still doing muscle ups people are like what are you doing what is that i'm like i oh, don't know man i'm just i'm crazy
1: hey how's that achilles by the way
0: terrible oh my
1: God.
0: terrible i just got a new cast on yesterday i got it off for another 14 days and then i get a boot for six weeks but you know it's hanging in there we you know we're positive about it we want the, we want the cast off, but it's okay. Yeah, man. We're doing yeah. we're doing really really well, you know. Man, I can't Man. Yeah, I can't I can't hate on it. What what do you think are the three building blocks to make an elite player?
1: I think you have to be a great line learner. And, and let me explain. So like, how many times do you see kids are the second or the third one in line and the first person does it wrong and they do it the exact same way that the first person does it?
0: Yes, I
1: If you're a that. great line learner, I'm telling you, brother, coach, you know it because you coach it now, but it's amazing, if, and this is like life, by the way. If you can be a great line learner in life and learn from other people's mistakes, you have a incredible future ahead of you in whatever it is that you want to do, in so, whatever it is that you want to do.
0: So um, let, let me interrupt you real quick. So line yeah. learner, does that mean just being focused? Because mine was focused number one. I think it
1: one. means locking in and... and Watching the person in front of you. If they do it right, do it like them. Okay. If they do it wrong, don't do it that way.
0: Absolutely. And
1: the coach will usually coach up the first guy. And then he gets mad at the second and
0: third guy because he just said it, the guy before. Absolutely. Right? So if
1: you can be a great line learner, I think you're going to run into less people getting upset at you. Not like, like, the first, like the first person that does it wrong. The coach is going, hey, hold up, Maybe I didn't explain it right. Okay, but after he's explained it, now he's like, oh, hold up a second, I just said that. So I think if you're a great line learner, whatever it is that you do, whether you're in sales or you're you know, a teacher or whatever it is that you do, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. So I think that's a huge pillar for anything that you do. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. 110. What's your second yeah. and third?
1: Yeah. Uh, my second would probably be... Uh, afraid of contact and i know that's a little abstract and it's not like a certain skill um but i think it is a skill i think embracing contact seeking out contact um it's really easy to pull someone off the floor because they're getting beat or because they are relegated to only being one-dimensional on offense whether it's Double, dribble, dribble, contact comes, they get rid of it. Or they get halfway through the paint and they feel a little contact coming, they get it out. Or they only become a shooter and a spacer. And so <clears throat> I think if you are somebody that embraces contact and embraces competition, now I'm not talking about like changing the makeup, you know, the inner workings of somebody's brain, right? Somebody that like enjoys competition. I'm talking about. If you see something in front of you, don't run away from it. Embrace it and and uh, and attack it. So that's another huge quality that I think in basketball, and it's amazing how these are all paralleling life, you know. Right. Um, but then also I think your ball handling is, is a is – a, if you can get anywhere you want to go on the court, it's amazing, and you, you've seen Clay Thompson work out and you've seen how efficient he is without dribbling, but you know especially this year, he's been called to dribble a couple more times every possession. He, he's not a subpar dribbler, okay? I mean, he can get where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. And so I think dribbling is an incredible um, you, you see bigs now more than ever that are able to dribble the ball and they can do things that they've never been able to do. Uh, part of that is because of the spacing and because they can shoot the ball. But if you can dribble the basketball, it's amazing what you can do. I'd love to say shooting. I'm just not there yet. I know where the game's going, and um, we'll have to talk again here soon because I'm coming. I have a I have a patent pending on a product here. It's a shooting apparatus that we can talk more about. It's going to revolutionize the game. So we can talk more about it when it launches. But um, oh, in. But you see players all the time in the NBA. And you can see it at every, especially levels lower than, that can fill a role, that, that aren't great shooters, that can't score the ball at a high level, but they can get to where they want to go. Um, and I think part of that is being a capable dribbler, right?
0: I I would 1,000% agree. My really? son, oh yeah, yeah, my son trains, obviously with Ryan, and one of Ryan's protégés, this kid Dominic. He, phenomenal dribbler phenomenal and my son's a pretty darn good dribbler a lot better than i was at 12 Mm -hmm. i mean this guy can he can do he got some sauce i mean i think now he's 12 he's probably dropped six or seven kids that we have on film with some nasty stuff um my thing is like you said if you need to use it to get somewhere use it but if not obviously use one dribble pull, two dribble pull, rip, just blow by, keep it simple. Sure. But, but yes, I 100% agree with the dribbling. I, I definitely do. Now, with the Clay Thompson thing, yes, Jordan trains Clay Thompson. My son and I have been honored, and my son has been honored to work right alongside of Clay Thompson as they're training. Which is so cool, so cool. Yeah, that's bucket list stuff. I mean, as a kid, that's bucket list. Yeah. yeah, on several occasions, him and a few other boys are able to do that. Girls too. And I'm just like looking at him, like, dude, you don't even know how lucky you are, kid. You just you don't even know. Like to him, it's just it's nothing. But yes, to you know, to see him train and what he can do. Yeah, I, a, hundred, a thousand percent agree with you man i, I love that i love the animal part um absolutely like i yeah